Good morning. If you want to open up to Matthew 13, that's where we're going to take a look at. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Are you a good listener? Matthew, the 13th chapter, Jesus is teaching in parables, and we read one of those this morning. But it's interesting as Jesus begins uh, in Matthew 13, because he's going to teach a parable, and then he's going to explain why he teaches in parables, and then he's going to explain the parable that he just taught. So there's three points we're going to give consideration to this morning. Jesus is the great communicator. There is a challenge to actually listening to someone speak. And then the question is, are you listening? So let me give you this illustration as we start this morning. You know, it's pretty much understood that women like to know that they are being listened to. And so a particular fellow was interested in impressing this lady, and he said to himself, I'm going to listen close. And then after a period of time, he asked her, do you think I'm a good listener? And without hesitation, she said, no. (laughs) And it's like, wait a minute. Now, let me say this. It's generally understood. Women are better listeners than men. They are. But ladies, let me tell you this. Before you pat yourself on the back, remember who it is that you're being compared to. (laughs) All that's saying is, you're better than guys. Okay, so there's actually people who do this kind of research. Psychologists are into this about listening and what gets in the way of listening and all these kind of things. So the survey says 96% of the people who are asked, do you believe you are a good listener? 96% answer yes. But when they actually do the test to see whether or not people are actually listening, you know what it comes back at? Men and women both. Around 50%. So, books have been written. (laughs) Help courses have been developed to help us to be better listeners. So, one of the things that has been revealed in all these kinds of studies, or not one of the things, several of the things that have been revealed in all these kinds of studies. What gets in the way of us being good listeners? Well, one of the things that gets in the way is that we are distracted. Have you seen a young couple go out on a date lately? They've both got a phone. (laughs) Can they even hear each other? (laughs) And so one of the problems whenever we start listening is that we are distracted. There's windows there. I love those windows. Well, we ought to close them. (laughs) But that's just what we do. That's who we are. It's easy for us to be distracted. Sometimes the reason why you can't hear another person's voice is because you're listening to your own voice inside your head. Or you're listening to somebody else. Now some of the other reasons why we're not good listeners is sometimes we've got preconceived ideas about the subject. So we've already made up our mind. And so we don't really listen. Sometimes we have assumptions about the person, 
or about the subject. Or it's said that sometimes, before they're even finished speaking, we're making comparisons to something that we've experienced in the past. So it's a real challenge to listen, to actually hear that person block out everything else, don't make assumptions, and focus on what they're saying and listen to it all the way through before you reach or jump to any kind of conclusions. So in Matthew, the 13th chapter in verse 4, it says that Jesus spoke to them in parables. Now I want you to think about that for just a moment as you think about what I just told you, if you heard what I told you. (laughs) Jesus is the great communicator. And He goes out and He wants to teach Now, let me throw one other thing in there about why sometimes we want to push back when someone says, overall, you're not a very good listener. And we'll say things like, well, they're not a very good speaker. (laughs) I know that would never happen here. (laughs) But sometimes that's what we do. Well, that was boring. I didn't want to listen to that. Or I didn't want to listen to him. And so we kind of try to put it back on the speaker instead of taking responsibility ourselves. So one of the things that I think is interesting about Matthew, the 13th chapter is, who's doing the speaking? Are you going to say Jesus is boring? Mm, That's up to you. Or that he's not a good speaker? Jesus is known as the great communicator. Let me ask you this. Over 2,000 years removed, how many other speakers do you know that were around 2,000 years ago that you still quote from? But we still quote from Jesus, don't we? History itself will point out the fact. He's the great communicator. So if they don't hear, it's not his fault. So you have to stop and ponder. Why is it that a lot of people didn't get his message? Why is it a lot of people don't get his message today? Jesus told parables. Let me read this to you. Okay? Behold, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. They immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is sitting in the boat. He grabs the oars and says, see you next week. 
Hold it. We just had a crowd that came from all over Galilee. Jesus is going to speak. And he gives what? How long did that take me to read that? A minute? A minute and a half? You'd like sermons like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> and he's like, that's it. I'm out. The great communicator. Two minutes tops. Think about it. I'll be back. See, oftentimes, we, as human beings, we say, we want you to be perfectly clear. Tell me what you mean. Have you seen a White House press conference lately? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you got to tell us what you mean. <laughs> and so here they are. And they gather. Anticipation. And Jesus speaks. A sower went out to sow. <laughs> and within two minutes... He's gone. See, it's highly important that we understand who Jesus is and what He's doing. It's highly important. It was highly important for them to know who He was and what He was up to. Jesus, be perfectly clear. This is the great communicator. Okay, I will be. Listen up. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, this is where the seed fell. He who has ears to hear let him hear. Well, let me think about that. I heard about a sower. I heard about some seed. I heard about some soil. And I heard about it bearing fruit. What's that mean? A sower and some seed and some soils. And then it bears fruit. Why would he tell that story? And how does that relate to me? This is one of the, this is probably the crown jewel of Jesus' parables. Probably one of the best known of all the parables. And so let me ask you this. Have you picked up on it so far? What he's doing? Let me give you a little insight. Matthew, the 13th chapter, Jesus is going to tell numerous parables. Following this parable, six times, no less than six times, 
He will say, the kingdom of heaven is like. So let me ask you, what's Jesus talking about? Well, let's see. The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six times. He must be talking about the kingdom of heaven. So what's really important here? Must be the kingdom of heaven. But when you back up to the first part of chapter 13, as he starts this parable, there's no the kingdom of heaven is like. Why not? You want to know why? I'll try to be perfectly clear. Because Jesus knows these people are not good listeners. So the first thing he's going to do is teach them how to listen. Because you know what? After this, I got some really important stuff you need to hear about the kingdom. But right now, I just got to get you to listen. That's what this parable is about. It's about you and me, them, actually listening to him. So the sower goes out to sow some seed and it falls on soil and some of it bears fruit. Can you start to see what he's doing? <laughs> hey, think about it. There's a sower and there's a seed. And Wait a minute. <laughs> what is all that? And how does that relate to me? So Jesus knows that these people have difficulty actually hearing his voice and actually listening to what he says. Little stories that get their attention that forces them forces them to think about it if they're going to understand it. Jesus knows this. So he begins in this chapter and he tells the parable of what we say is the sower. So let me ask you before we go any further, you don't need to answer right now, but just let me ask you. Before this, what did you think that parable was about? I hope by the time we finish this morning, we both have the same understanding of what this parable is about. And we both have the same understanding of why Jesus taught this parable first or why Matthew records it first in Matthew 13. So it says, On that day, Jesus went out of the house to teach. <laughs> Colby's a teacher. I've been a teacher. Colby, is it ever hard to get people's attention? Probably 90% of the effort is just getting their attention, right? <laughs> if I can do that. And so Jesus knows. He doesn't have to go talk to a psychologist. He is a psychologist. <laughs> hey, what gets in the way of these people listening? Well, they're distracted. <laughs> and they've already made assumptions about you. <laughs> 
and they've reached conclusions about what you're talking about before you ever got to the end of what you're talking about. And they haven't even heard the six other parables yet and they've already decided what the kingdom's all about. All right. Basic Bible understanding. It's always dangerous to jump into the middle of something. Well, did you notice what chapter we're in? 13. (laughs) So there's 12 chapters before this. Matthew writes this. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1. It's the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The Messiah, he has a certain lineage that he comes through. Chapter 2, Jesus and his parents have to head to Egypt because Herod's out to kill him. So God is working behind the scenes to protect this child that he has brought into the world. Matthew writes that for us. Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is back. He's being baptized by John. Testimony from heaven, this is my son. Matthew chapter 4, he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And every time Jesus answers, it is written. And the summing statement of it all, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the way he lives. 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. This is what your king believes. This is the ethic that he teaches. Matthew 8 and 9 is the miracle chapters. Testimony that God is with him. Matthew chapter 10, the limited commission. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They are first. Matthew chapter 11, come unto me all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 12, what do you think? They're going to kill him. They're plotting to kill him. Matthew 13. Jesus goes out of the house to teach. Do you think he knows <laughs> that there are some people that love him? There are some people that hate him. There are some people that want to kill him. There are some people that are just kind of indifferent. Some people are just kind of curious. And they're all there. But now, Jesus is along the shore. He gets in a boat. He pushes out a little ways. And we know A voice will carry better over water than it does over land. And so they are on the shore and they're listening. It's a natural amphitheater. So Jesus has used this physically to his advantage. And now he knows the crowd, he knows their thoughts. And he is the great communicator. And so how does he take advantage of this opportunity? 
first thing we want to do is just talk about you listening. I want to get your attention. So what was the thing that Jesus cared about the most? If you had an opportunity to follow Jesus throughout his ministry, and there was a particular subject matter that seemed to come up over and over and over and over again, seems to be the core message of what Jesus is talking about. And he emphasizes it repeatedly in this chapter. What would that be? The kingdom of heaven. He started way back in Matthew chapter 4. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he keeps talking about this. And there's people that got all kinds of ideas about that kingdom. And Jesus just wants them to listen to him all the way through. Try to block out all those other voices. Try to block out your preconceived ideas. Don't go making comparisons because this kingdom's different than anything you've ever seen before. Because in Luke 17 and verse 21, 20 21. He says, don't say that, oh, you observe the coming or look here or look there. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And see, we know that there were those who had preconceived ideas about the kingdom, didn't they? They had preconceived ideas about the king. And how he should rule. And how he should establish this kingdom. And many, when he doesn't meet their expectations, I'm done. (laughs) What happened? You missed it. Because you didn't continue to listen. And so Jesus wants them to understand the kingdom of heaven. He's the king. He's bringing God's reign. He's bringing God's rule. And this is the way He's bringing it. A sower went out to sow seed. And that seed fell on different soils. And on some, it brought forth fruit. But others, it got snatched away. Others sprang up then got scorched and others it just got choked out so you know what Jesus is doing right here at the beginning he's trying to overcome their handicap (laughs) if you had a child that was impaired physically and couldn't hear would you do something to try to help his hearing yeah, you would, wouldn't you? What do you need? Do you need like hearing aids? What? What is? Do I need to come closer? <laughs> so Jesus knows. He's the great communicator. So the very first thing, and the way Matthew records it, 
I need to get your attention. I need you to practice these listening skills. He doesn't tell them. He knows what they are. And by the way he speaks, it will actually force them to practice those listening skills. Because if you're going to understand, you're going to have to block out those other voices. You're going to have to block out your preconceived ideas. You can't jump to conclusions because you've never seen anything like this before. I just need you to hear. (laughs) This has come from a movie, Gerald. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? (laughs) And you know what Jesus is saying? Heaven has come down. The kingdom of heaven is here. Repent. Turn. Turn back to God. Because His reign, His rule has come here. Sometimes that's real hard for people to grasp. I think it's a message that it's hard for us to grasp. That our society to grasp. Because a lot of times people kind of have preconceived ideas about that. See, there's here, now, there's this world that we live in. And then there's heaven. There's now, there's heaven. Separate. Here, there. And is that what Jesus is saying? It's not what he's saying. He's saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Can we see that? There's going to be this merging. See, guys, sometimes people get to think, well, there's here and then there's that that comes later. And it's kind of separate. And if you listen to Jesus, you accept who he is. And then when this life's over, you get to go there. (laughs) And that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about that kingdom has come here. That through him, And his teachings, heaven is invading earth. See, sometimes the way we look at it, it's like some kind of rescue mission where we get airlifted out. (laughs) Here comes the U.S. into a foreign country. We're going to airlift these people out. And sometimes that's kind of the concept. Oh, you believe in Jesus, and that's kind of your airlift, and then you'll be in heaven. And Jesus saying, No, stay right where you are. God's coming for you. And He's coming for His world, and He's coming for you. He's invading this world and your life. 
That part about it being separated, there is a certain amount of truth to that. Because this world we live in, it got hijacked. <laughs> and it stole. You know how that happened? Way back in Genesis. See, God had said, do you hear me? Don't touch that tree. Don't eat from it. All these other trees, you got access to it. Not that one. And Satan comes along, and all of a sudden there's another voice. What'd they do? They listened to that voice instead of listening to God's voice. So this world that was made by God that He put man and woman in and told them to rule over it and subdue it got hijacked because they listened to another voice. And we, we were supposed to rule over it, subdue it. Let me ask you, how are we doing? <laughs> Not so good, right? Not so good. So what's Jesus saying? Repent. Turn. Come back to Him. Hear His voice. Because <clears throat> God wants back what was rightfully His all along. I want this world back. I want your life back. So Jesus says, repent. Because you know why? Because this world is trying to tell you and me how to be human. God's the one that created us. And the world's trying to tell us how to be human. And what God's saying is, listen to that voice, is absolutely destroying you. It's destroyed this world. So Jesus is saying, repent. Turn back. Listen to God's voice. He's coming for this world. And He's coming for you. Now. Now. Because He knows what the kingdom of heaven can do for this world and for your life. So Jesus is saying, if you listen, I'll tell you how to be human. <laughs> I'll restore you to the position where you can reign and you can rule as you listen to the right voice. That's what he's saying. But there's challenges, right? So I never did switch that, but you see about where we are. <laughs> We're headed for number three now. Okay. So in Matthew 13 and verses 1 through 9, 
Jesus tells this parable, this story about sowing seed. And so he has an opportunity to be perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. Jesus knows that. And so what does he do with that moment? He tells this parable. A sower went out to sow seed. And that seed fell on various kinds of soil. And in some of it, it brought forth fruit abundantly. And so he he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Prime moment, prime setting. And this is how Jesus uses it to be perfectly clear to a diverse crowd that he knows they have trouble with listening. So what Jesus does, he wants to draw them in. And he wants them to get them to do the work of actually listening. And to think for themselves. And he gives the story how the soil responds to the seed. Can we see that? How the soil responds to the seed. And so for some, if they're already opposed or they're indifferent, they'll walk away and go, that's one of the shortest sermons I ever heard in my life. (laughs) I told you it was a waste of time to come out here. And for others to say, no, no, no. This is amazing. And I've seen the things that he's done. We need to think about this. So it'll separate those who want to listen and those who have already made up their minds. So one writer, Christian writer, put it this way. Jesus did not use parables to explain everything to people's satisfaction but rather to call into question people, people's previous understandings. In other words, the parables upset people's existing ideals and, and as well will provide them with new ones. The parables were intended to pop every circuit breaker in those people's minds. It's time for a reset. After all of their yammer about how God should and shouldn't run the world, just getting people to stand there with their eyes open, with their mouths shut, and listen, this would be a giant step forward in Jesus' teaching. So what did Jesus do? He put the ball in their court. So in Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. And the disciples came and said to him, 
Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, If people sometimes get confused over parables, and sometimes people say, well, could you just tell me clearly? I love it when the disciples come and ask him, why do you speak to them in parables? And I read these next few verses and I go, there's Jesus. He's at it again. Listen to what he says. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them <coughs> the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you, that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear. Did you get that? We have to stop and think about that one too, don't we? So Jesus says, the disciples, the disciples, come to him and they ask him why do you speak to them in parables and he says to his disciples because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom why is it given to them they are disciples they are coming and investigating and they want to know can you see that so it's not just this little particular group, but anybody that would be in that group. They would do the same thing. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't quite get it. <laughs> but I want to know. And he says, so to you, to you, the ones that seek, ones that search, it's given. And you'll see it. But then after that, he quotes from Isaiah. And you know what he's saying from Isaiah? This is just kind of paraphrase this, put it in a nutshell real quick. What he's saying is, this has been going on for a long time. This happened in the past. Do you know God in the past worked all kinds of miracles? And he sent prophets and his word to these people. And they, they listen. So he goes, what's happening today has happened in the past. The ones that want to know the mysteries of the kingdom, they're like you. So listen how he finalizes this. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men. Now who's he talking about? Those in the past that wanted to serve God. And those righteous men 
But you know what Jesus is saying? They listened. They followed. And they wanted so desperately to see what you see. They could see by God's word, by prophecy, looking in the future, knowing God's performing these miracles. He's doing something. <laughs> we just don't fully understand it yet. And Jesus is saying, you, you get to see it. It's right here. The kingdom of heaven. Right here. Have you seen any miracles? Yeah, we did, Jesus. You, you did. Have you heard any word from God? Yeah, we did. Yeah. The sower's here. And he's sowing that seed. Look out. You see all kinds of soil out there? But it's going to fall on some good. And when it does, it'll bring forth fruit. Because that's what God's word does. That's what Isaiah said also a long time ago in Isaiah 55. That that word will do the very thing for which I have sent it forth. It'll accomplish it. So Jesus is saying, you're blessed that you get to see these things. You get to hear these things. So what Jesus wants people to do is to find their self in this parable. What kind of soil are you? There's a sower, there's a seed. What kind of soil are you? I want you to notice verse 19 though. I'll I'll just read 18. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. That word understand there is not just mental. That word understand there has more to do with perceiving, knowing to yourself, and make an application of it. Here's an interesting little activity if you want to do it sometime look up the word brain in the Bible it's not there (laughs) what (laughs) now the way the writers wrote they would use heart and whenever they used heart it would be the way you perceive it's the way you feel, and it's what you determine to do. That's heart. Intellect, emotion, will. That's what we're made up of. And that word understand, that's what that reflects on. You heard it, you come to know it, you feel it, you do it. But if they don't understand, you know what happens? Something, that evil one, those birds come and they snatch it away. (laughs) Isn't that what happens with God's Word? 
before a person really has time to really ponder it, oh, there's some distraction. There's something going on in the world. Or somebody's talking to me. I'll think about that some other time. So they don't really understand. And then there's some of it who falls, that seed that falls in the stony places. And they're happy. Whoa! (laughs) But then when they find out actually living as a Christian, that's challenging. Not much depth of soil there. And they fall away. And then there's some that fall among thorns. All these cares and the deceitfulness of riches and all these things, and it chokes it out. And so it doesn't have a chance. But here's one of the things that we need to understand about this also. Jesus is not saying, He is not saying, that if you find yourself in one of these categories, that then you're stuck there. You just can't get out. You know, back when our son was real young, small, had those video games. Did you ever try to get from one level to the next? I used to get so frustrated. <laughs> I'd just give it back to him. Mario, level one forever. <laughs> That's not what Jesus said. This might be where you are, but if you think about it, what are you going to do about it? You don't have to stay there. So sometimes, cares of the world, deceitfulness, riches, and all those things can choke it out. But then in verse 23, but he who received the seed on the good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. How many times have you ever sat in lessons or listened to sermons like this and it would be said, see that, see that guy right there on the end there, he, that's the good soil. And it, 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 what, what that's saying is, is that this guy, he went out and, and he made a hundred disciples. And then somebody else made sixty disciples and somebody made thirty. You ever heard that? Is that what he's saying? (laughs) No, he's still talking about that seed. He's still talking about that soil and producing fruit in that soil. So this is what I want to suggest to you. That's a heart. And that seed is the Word of God. And it's had an opportunity for that seed to germinate and to put down roots deep and it's producing fruit. Have you ever heard it said about, maybe it's said about you. Or have you ever said it about someone else or somebody, you've heard somebody else say something about somebody else. And they would say something like, since he, since she, became a Christian. It's a total turnaround. Completely different than what they used to be. 
Where do you think that would be? They're a hundred percent different than what they used to be. But somebody else, maybe they're not quite there yet. So they're sixty percent different. They've changed a lot of things in their life, making a lot of growth, producing a lot of fruit. They're really coming along. And then there's another person, 30. Well, they're working on it. And it's producing fruit. And they're growing. So you see what Jesus was doing? I just need you to listen. And I need you to think about the sower. And I need you to think about the seed. And I need you to think about the fruit that it can produce in your life. Because you know why? Because that kingdom is now. And it's meshing with this world and with your heart. And he wants to teach you how to be human. (laughs) Because the world, they completely try to change it. And it destroys you. And this will heal you. So Jesus came and he taught and he performed miracles and he went to the cross and died for the consequences of our sins. Why? Just to get people to listen. To give grace a chance. To give the kingdom of heaven a chance. So that he could invade this world. And our lives. So God could take back. What is rightfully his. From the very beginning. His new creation. Is now. And Paul says if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. That word has already started to bear fruit. Watch what it does. It's amazing. And what a God. And the great communicator went out on that occasion. And this is what he said. Send the invitation to any and all that are here this morning. If we in any way can help make your relationship right with the Lord this morning, you let us know while together we stand and while we sing.